listening to the Life Edit Project podcast, where busy, ambitious high achievers get the tools they need to fight overwhelm and overthinking with balance, self-mastery, and a positive mindset. I'm your host, Elizabeth Burroughs. I'm serving up bite-sized truth bombs in a judgment-free zone based on my perspective as a life coach, wife, mom, and recovering overachiever. We keep it real over here, which usually means some combination of insightful, entertaining, and a hot mess express. So if you're looking for perfection, look elsewhere. But if you're still with me, let's dig into this week's episode. Good day, good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Life Edit Project podcast. As always, I'm super excited to chat with you today, and I've got a juicy topic all prepped and ready to go for you. But before we dig in, I wanted to do a special shout out and make you a fun offer. So the shout out is up first. So this week, I want to give a shout out to one of my listener bays who left a five star review for the Life Edit Project podcast on Apple Podcasts. The title of the review is Awareness, and it was submitted by someone with the username Lyrics. 3716. And it reads as follows. This takes me back to things I thought were simply not me. Listening to these traits I knew resembled someone. OMG, it's me. We feel like we have to achieve it all or nothing. Elizabeth, thank you for simply being you. So this review actually came in a few weeks ago, and I think this person was referring to their reaction to episode two, where I talked about superwoman syndrome, and I listed a bunch of the different traits and characteristics of someone that is dealing with superwoman syndrome. So a big thank you to Lyrics3716. I appreciate you for listening and for taking the time to leave this lovely review. To the rest of you, dear listeners, if you want to be one of my listener bays, all you have to do is leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know how to do that, I've got step-by-step instructions laid out for you on my website. Just go to lifeeditproject.com slash podcast and scroll down the page. I've got images there that will show you exactly where to go, what to tap on, and what to fill out when you're in the Apple Podcasts app. And of course, you can find that link in the show notes because I love to make life easy for you. Okay, now about that special offer I mentioned. How would you like to get my expert opinion and perspective on something that's happening in your life for free? I want to do something special for episode 10, and so I've decided to dedicate an entire podcast episode to responding to listener questions. So if you have a situation or a challenge that you're struggling with, a pending decision that you want some outside perspective on, or if you just have a random question and you're curious how I would answer it, send it to me. Nothing is off limits, so you can ask anything you want. Of course, I reserve the right to answer the questions that I want to and maybe not respond to others. So... Um, But also remember that I'm a professional life coach and I've worked with more than a hundred individuals. So I've helped my clients through all different kinds of situations, everything from family drama to career transitions to productivity issues to mental health challenges and even health struggles. So whatever you have, bring it on. I'm ready (laughs) to submit your question. 
You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. My handle is at Life Edit Project, all one word in all the places, and drop me a private message on there. Or you can also send an email to hello at lifeeditproject.com with the subject line podcast question. Get your questions in by Sunday, July 23rd, 2023 to be considered. Uh, If your question makes it onto the podcast, it will be anonymous. So you don't have to worry about all your personal business being on blast. I don't do that. (laughs) So to recap, I'm dedicating episode 10 of this podcast to answering questions from my audience. Ask me anything. Get your questions in by July 23rd, and the episode will go live on July 26th. Details on how to submit your questions are in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear from you and to hear what kind of questions y'all have for me. So looking forward to that. of questions. Today's podcast episode is called The Power of Asking Questions. And I loved putting this episode together because questions are my jam. Now, I realize that most of you who will listen to this podcast probably don't know me personally. So you probably have no idea that I'm a big old nerd. And I've been a big old nerd for my entire life, literally as long as I can remember. Back in episode one, I did share a bit about myself and I mentioned that I was always a good student in school. But it wasn't just that I was good at taking tests and that I got good grades. I was a good student because more than anything, I genuinely enjoyed learning. Like, I was that kind of kid that thought school was fun. All the subjects were my favorite subjects. Even when I got to high school and I was in a more rigorous academic magnet program and it was less fun because my workload was huge, I still really enjoyed the learning that I was doing and the intellectual stimulation of it all. And for me, a big part of the magic of learning comes down to that satisfying moment when I find an answer to a question. So school was always fun for me because in every class, in every subject, I was asking myself questions that I got to find the answers to. And questions are powerful. There's tons of research out there that's been done about the effect and impact that questions have on our brains, and it's all super interesting. When we hear a question, our brains basically get temporarily hijacked we feel compelled to find an answer and our brain starts automatically trying to think of the answer or if it's not an answer that you know to think through the process of how you could find the answer and this is something this is a process that's called instinctive elaboration so you've probably seen this play out in real life you just didn't know it was a thing And I've actually got a funny example I want to share. So a few weeks ago, I was at a quarterly leadership meeting with my church. And one of the icebreakers was that we were playing like a modified version of Pictionary. So 
The person that was in charge split us up into two teams. Team A was on one side and Team B was on the other. And when someone from Team A went up to draw, only the other people from Team A were supposed to be doing the guessing. Um, I was on Team B, and so the folks on my team were just observing and just making sure that no one from Team A was cheating when it was Team A's turn. So a guy from Team A was up and he was drawing, and his teammates were having a hard time figuring out what the picture was. And it was, it was hilarious. But then someone from my team, Team B, blurts out a guess. And he ended up being right. And so Team A got the point, a free point, for the guess that someone from Team B made. And so, of course, we teased that guy from Team B for the rest of the game, especially when we ended up losing by one point. But it was so interesting to watch because the guy from Team B that blurted out the answer for Team A's turn wasn't the only person who was making guesses for the opposing team. We literally had this room full of adults that know how to play and are completely capable of following the simple rules of Pictionary, but they could not help themselves. They wanted to blurt out their guesses no matter whose turn it was and no matter which team they were on. Why? Because their brains, like everyone else's brains, were compelled to answer the implied question, what is this person trying to draw? Because questions are that powerful. Instinctive elaboration kicks in even when you hear a question that's directed towards someone else and even when the question is implied like in Pictionary. But here's the thing. Not all questions are created equally. Different kinds of questions lead to different types of answers and some will be more helpful than others. Think about it this way. There are high quality questions and low quality questions, but your brain isn't picky. Your brain will feel compelled to answer any question it encounters regardless of the quality because that's just how our brains are wired. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to expose yourself to more high quality questions on purpose because higher quality questions lead to higher quality answers and ultimately higher quality results in your life. So what exactly is a high quality question? I'm glad you asked. A high quality question is one that promotes critical thinking, assists in the awareness and processing of feelings, and leads to new ideas and or insights. And P.S. This is a Coach Elizabeth definition, which means you will not find the definition for a high quality question in anybody's dictionary because I made this up for my own brain. Okay. So again, a high quality question is one that promotes critical thinking, assists in the awareness and processing of feelings, and leads to new ideas and or insights. A high quality question is one that interrupts your brain when it's on autopilot creating an opportunity for you to observe yourself or your circumstance more closely so that you can make a more intentional choice. As a life coach, I love me a good high quality question. In fact, if you were to say that high quality questions are one of the most important tools in my toolbox when I'm working with a client, you wouldn't be wrong. And that's because high quality questions are a hack for tuning into what you're thinking, feeling, or believing at any given moment. We need 
more high quality questions in our lives because it's all too easy for us to just walk around completely oblivious to what we're thinking, feeling, and believing. And if we're not completely oblivious, we're usually at least very mistaken. So little story. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was home with my daughter and she was hanging out with her room while I was in the living room and I wasn't doing anything in particular and neither was she. And so I don't really know what she was doing. She was doing kid stuff in her room. I, what do kids do in their rooms? I have no idea. But she was doing something and she kept dropping something. And every time she did, it made a loud noise. And after a few times, I got really agitated. And at first, I just thought I was annoyed with the noise itself. But after checking in with myself and asking myself some high quality questions, I finally realized that the real problem wasn't the noise she was making. It was that I was hangry and I needed a snack. <laughs> I was thinking that I was just annoyed when really I needed a snack. And I only figured that out because I asked myself a series of high quality questions. So high quality questions help us see ourselves and the world around us more clearly. By contrast, a low quality question is one that shuts down critical thinking, it hijacks, obstructs, or dismisses our feelings, and it creates confusion instead of clarity. Low quality questions don't add value to a conversation, and low quality questions don't help you with your personal reflections. And we've all experienced these low quality questions. In fact, we use them all the time. For example, there's that universal low quality question, how are you doing? <laughs> That's a low quality question because it has a predetermined response. Usually when someone asks, how are you doing? They're not looking for a personal, meaningful, customized answer. It's a low quality question because it's one we answer on autopilot. So we're surrounded by low quality questions like, how are you doing? Because they're easy. Low quality questions are easy to come up with, they're easy to ask, and they're easy to answer. And of course, our brains love doing things the easy way. That's why, even though we never really answer the question, how are you doing? We still insist on asking it because it's just an easy thing to do. It's easy to keep asking the question. But remember, questions are powerful. They have the ability to impact our emotional intelligence, our interpersonal relationships, our confidence, and even our problem-solving skills. So I want to help you learn how to ask more high-quality questions. So we've established that questions are powerful and that our brains are compelled to answer them and that some questions are more helpful than others. Now, here are some tips that you could use to start increasing the quality of the questions that you ask yourself and others. Number one, make it specific. Because of the ways our brains work, an overly broad question can shut us down. 
either because it feels like it's impossible for us to come up with the right answer or because it feels like the answer is so big that it's insurmountable. And this is part of what makes the question, how are you, a low quality question. We can't tell if someone is asking to be polite, to try to make small talk, or if they're trying to be nosy, or if they're actually trying to check in on our well-being. It's too easy to give the wrong answer to that question. So we give a non-answer and we say, fine, or not bad. So one way to improve the quality of a question is to make it more specific. Instead of asking, how are you? Ask, how's the new job going? Or ask, how's married life? Or how have things been since your mom's surgery? Or what brings you here today if you're making small talk, right? Ask the question that gets you to an answer that you actually care about. Number two, dig deeper. When we ask surface level questions, it's really easy for us to give surface level answers because we can access those answers really easily and really quickly in our minds without putting in much effort. So again, answering on autopilot without engaging in any real critical thinking is part of what makes a low quality question generate low quality answers. We're on autopilot. But deeper questions require us to dig around in our minds and in our hearts for answers that we haven't prepared in advance, thus promoting a higher level of thinking and even a higher level of awareness. And a surefire sign that you have stumbled upon a deeper question will be that a person that is going to answer it, they have to take a little pause before they can actually provide the answer. Again, because they have to kind of root around in their minds to find the answer. It's not automatically at the tip of their tongue or on the top of their mind. So for example, let's go back to the example of that time that my daughter was making noise and I was hangry. <laughs> so I started off by asking myself how I was feeling. And the first answer that I came up with right away was annoyed. When I asked myself, how am I feeling? That was actually a low quality question for me because I'm a life coach and I am very practiced at identifying my feelings. I already knew that the feeling that I was experiencing was annoyance, right? So asking myself how I'm feeling was, was a surface level question. It was a low quality question that generated a low quality answer that didn't tell me anything useful. So I actually had to stop and dig deeper and ask different questions of myself ones that I didn't have the answer to right away. And when, once I did that, I was able to realize that it wasn't the noise in and of itself that was bothering me. Instead, by asking different questions, I was able to finally understand that what I needed was a snack. And by the way, digging deeper doesn't have to take a lot of time. So this whole internal questioning thing that I went through when I was hangry only took about a minute, like maybe less than a minute. And then I was able to just take my crabby self on into the kitchen and grab a snack and fix it, right? But I would have been annoyed for another half an hour if I hadn't stopped to take the one minute to dig deeper and ask higher quality questions of myself. Okay, so I've given you two, re two ways already to ask higher quality questions. Tip number three is to neutralize it. 
neutralize it. So a lot of the questions that we ask ourselves, low quality questions are often very emotionally charged, especially when we ask a why question. Because it's very common when something happens and we start asking questions that one of the questions we reach for is why. But why questions are tricky because it's very easy to slip into a tone or a posture of judgment, which can then lead to a shame-blame reaction. And there is no room for judgment, shame, or blame in a high-quality question. Let me say that again for the people in the back. There is no room for judgment, shame, or blame in a high-quality question. Because judgment, shame, and blame are feelings that shut us down. And remember, questions that shut us down are low-quality questions. So, if you are going to ask a why question, making an effort to ask from a place of curiosity instead of a place of accusation or judgment will instantly improve the quality of that question. Neutralize any of those really intense or super judgmental feelings behind a question that you ask. And tip number four for making your questions higher quality is to consider the source. So beyond asking why something is the way it is, there's almost always insight to be gained and wisdom to be had from taking a closer look at where something started. And this works equally well, whether you're questioning the nature of a situation, your feelings, your beliefs, or even an action that you've taken. Where did this come from? When did this start? Who did I learn this from? How did I get here? All of these are examples of ways to question something in a way that helps you understand it better by getting a fresh and perhaps a wiser perspective on how it started, on the source of the matter. So there you have it, four quick tips on how you can ask higher quality questions. And here's a bonus tip because I'm so generous. Put yourself in environments where high quality questions are being asked regularly. So this is one of the reasons why my coaching clients see such significant changes in their lives when they work with me over the course of several months. They have dedicated time on their calendar each week to be confronted with, to consider, and to answer high quality questions. And each week, they're gaining new insights from all the answers that come up, and then they're able to make decisions and take action based on those high quality answers. And if you were to do this for three to six months, of course, your life would change too. So if you're ready to change your life with the power of high quality questions, book a free sales call with me for my private one-on-one -on -one coaching program. As always, you can find the link to book a free sales call with me in the show notes whenever you're ready. And that's all I have for you this week. I hope that this was helpful. I will, of course, be back next week with a new episode and it'll be juicy because it's always juicy. Uh, and of course, I'll be back with more thoughtful, intentional and high quality questions. 
In the meantime, take what I've given you in this episode and practice asking better questions so that you can generate better answers and results in your life on demand. Peace. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Life Edit Project podcast. I'd love to hear what your favorite moment or key takeaway was from this conversation. You can send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to let me know. My handle is at Life Edit Project, all one word, in all the places. My social media is linked up in the show notes to make it easy for you. Holla at your girl. I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, don't just stay busy with the life you have. Get busy creating the life you want.